Welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislenko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut, part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications. This is Season 3, Episode 15 for Easter Sunday morning, April 12, 2020. Our Gospel reading may be found at John chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter, and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. The other day, I referenced an insight given to us from St. Francis of Assisi, which is quite relevant to our celebration of the Lord's resurrection today. St. Francis tells us that all the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. All the darkness in the world cannot extinguish the light of a single candle. Today, we celebrate that light. The light of Christ that shines before us has indeed come into a very dark world. But that light cannot be extinguished. The light of Christ, the light of resurrection. When Jesus says to you and to me, you will rise with me, you will join me in paradise. Is that something that ignites our hearts, excites us, and draws us to the day when that eternal meeting occurs. For the Christian gathering on Easter Sunday, the sheer thought of being with the Lord eternally in heaven ought to move us, motivate us, and focus us. But it's not going to have the greatest effect if our thoughts about resurrection and heaven and being with God are not ones that are at first attractive to us. You know, if we have the popular notions of somehow when we die, we get greeted by St. Peter and we get our wings or we get our robe, or we get our cloud. 
Well, I don't know about you, but none of those seem very attractive to me. I'm looking for a little more substance in my eternal meeting with the Lord. But if we get more serious about our thoughts of heaven and resurrected life, we can begin to see in Jesus' preaching glimpses of what is really being offered and promised to us. Ultimately, it's union with God. But what does that really mean? We're hardwired for that. We're destined for that. We're made for that. So it's not something really foreign to us. So we ought to be able to see seeds of it in our earthly life. And we do. We do. We all want freedom. We all want wholeness. We all want faith. We yearn for hope. We hunger for love. And we really want to experience joy. We try to achieve those goals, sometimes using earthly means that don't often pan out. But really, when we're honest with ourselves, those are the very things that we look for and yearn for and want out of life. Those are the things that really matter to us, that captivate us, that when other things are taken away, sustain us. And all of those things are glimpses of something yet to come. They are all glimpses of the eternal meeting with God. When we see God face to face, and as our Eucharistic prayer reminds us, we become like him. That is the hope of resurrection. Jesus said to his disciples, and it made all of the difference in the world. Where I am going, you also will be. That's all they needed to hear, is that that inner longing, that desire that's in your heart, my heart, and in the heart of every human being will be fulfilled in that eternal meeting with God. So the question today is, do we believe this? Or are we still not quite convinced? And maybe for some of us, it may take a little longer to get on the page of resurrection. But you know, we've been going through these very trying times. You know, and it's interesting when you stop and reflect on what's happening around us. It's an understatement to say that this virus has wreaked havoc on our world. But you know what's interesting about this virus is it doesn't need a passport to get from one country to another. It doesn't matter what a person's nationality is. It doesn't matter what creed you follow. It doesn't matter what your station in life is, rich or poor. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter. It affects everyone. The entire world is united under this umbrella of uncertainty, darkness, and suffering. We've all been affected by it to one degree or another. My heart goes out to those folks who are facing their last moments here on earth, 
and unable to physically be with those who matter most to them. I feel those who are grieving that loss, unable to be with those they love. I feel for those who have to be distanced from those they need to be closest to, and all of the ripple effects that occur as a result of that. So yes, there is a lot of sadness. But what is that suffering and that sadness saying to us? You see, it can turn us toward negativity. It can turn us toward bitterness and anger and violence. We can certainly go that route. We can become so self-absorbed and so self-possessed that all we see is what we don't have and we allow that to just see through us and bring us to a place that's even darker than where we were. Or we can let that suffering bring us, as it brought God through the way of the cross, to a place of love, to a place where we see more deeply because there's this intimate relationship, whether we realize it or not, between suffering and love. You really can't have one without the other. If you love someone deeply, you are going to suffer. And if you embrace your suffering deeply, you will be brought to love. There is this intimate relationship between the two. And so if we take off the glasses of negativity and put on the glasses of resurrection hope, we can begin to see the graces that God is bringing to us even in the midst of this turmoil and this challenge. You know, and those things can come in the smallest of ways. They don't need to be grandiose. I was talking to a young father the other day. And this is a father who, like many young fathers today, are on the treadmill of activities. I can't begin to tell you how many games his son is asked to play on a weekend, how many dance recitals his daughter needs to be brought to, how many activities bring them outside of their family unit. And it's become an acceptable practice. You don't question these things. You just do it because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're expected to do until the world stops. And you can't do that anymore. And so he said to me, you know, he said, you know, something very interesting happened. In looking at stuff to do, we decided to clean out the garage. Not only did it need to be happening because I haven't cleaned it out since I moved into the house, he told me, but it also gave me the opportunity to have, for the first time in a long time, a real heart-to-heart -heart conversation with my son. Now you see there, that would not have happened if that space was not created to do something different, to reclaim one's life and be brought home to something simple, to something tangible, but yet something that still brings people together. You see, all these little graces, and I bet you, if you look at your own life situation, you can certainly come up with the list of the anxieties and the fears and the worries and the traumas and the uncertainties. We all can do that. But today is Easter. 
Let's look at the resurrection list. Let's look at where God is trying to bring us. Let's look at the blessings. And I'm sure you're going to find that that list is just as long, if not longer, than the other one. Of things that you've been able to do, of encounters that you've been able to have, of graces that have been brought to you in these hours of uncertainty. You know, there's many stories out there of people going above and beyond, and they're great stories. Humanity, again, is rising to the fore. And we're learning some very deep lessons, and they're lessons we need to learn. But let's remember that ultimately, they're lessons to connect us to God. That's the missing piece, folks, in our lives, is the God piece. The world needs the resurrection of Jesus Christ now more than ever. You, I, need the resurrection of Jesus Christ more now than ever. And this is a wonderful opportunity to claim that prize that has been won for us. Let's not, after this pandemic settles down, regress back to where we were. That would be the greater sin. I think all of us realize that life was getting far too complicated, far too crazy, far too distracted, far too hectic, and far too disjointed from the truth of who we are. Let's use this opportunity to move ahead, to change in positive ways, to continue to keep our eyes on that single candle of the resurrected Christ. Do not take your eyes off of that candle. No matter how dark it gets, that's the light that will sustain and guide you and bring you where God wants you to be. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. Father Mark Stislanko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening.